Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it. Adam got it. Adam got it. Adam got it. Possibility. Right, Anish, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the Positive Podcast today. How are you doing? How are you, Adam? I'm 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 psyched and 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 spreading the positivity, hopefully, to each and every one of your listeners here. <laughs> no, thank you, man. No, it's it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And I'll just kind of run through, you know, your background and you know, kind of what you do. So, you're a uh, career coach, and over the past twelve years, have helped thousands of professionals break free from job searching. You've been featured in Business Insider, Glassdoor, Ivy Exec, um, and you you know, currently based in New York. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, kind of what kind of got you into this, and kind of like, you know, where's your story kind of start? Uh, I, I, maybe no one's as surprised by how things turned out than I am. Uh, yeah. This was never really in the cards. I was, uh, but it actually, you know, there was a purpose behind it. Um, I, I started out, um, you know, I grew up in Montreal, a uh, pretty conservative Indian family. And, uh, we, you know, they had a you know doctor lawyer kind of track ideally for their son, which I totally blew up. Uh, but, you know, um, you know, I grew up pretty shy and introverted and uh, my mom, um, her schizophrenia really blossomed, uh, and so the arts, and specifically acting, um, was the first real quote-unquote calling that I had. It, it, it kind of, you know, gave me an avenue to express this stuff, uh, allowed me to come into my own, and w- sort of fostered a career into my young 20s. Um, while that was going on, um, I, I, you know, I'd already, uh, you know, I'd started, you know, building a career as a writer and a journalist, and in the midst of all of this stuff, um, what started out as a sideline, honestly, you know, I'm, I was trying to get my my novel published uh, at the time, which did come out uh, several years ago. Uh, but I was working with people and the word was coming out that, hey, you should look into this guy because he has a way of with words. He has a way of like changing the way I'm coming across or you're coming across that to get results that I wasn't. Right. So that reputation was starting to build out. And I was working with people, resumes, LinkedIn. And what changed everything was. Uh, a conversation I had uh, with a 52-year-old architect uh, who was who was uh, ostensibly there to you know need help with his resume or or at the time, and uh, the guy basically breaks down, and um, the story that comes out is yeah he needs a he needs a job, but the truth is he had placed all of his bets in one company for the better part of 20 years. They had told him there's equity coming your way. There's all of these promises. And they just reneged on all of that. And what he really, what he was truly coping with was feeling like a failure at the end of a, a career filled with awards and accomplishments and amazing things to be proud of. Literally things in the New York skyline he could point to, right? This guy felt like a failure. This guy felt like he could not bear to go home to his wife and explain that they're back to square one in some sense. And uh, I, I hung up the phone with him and I sort of, you know, it was the first time where there was something in me that said, this is not coming from the inside out. This was coming from the outside in. And it was a kind of frustration and an anger that said, look, I don't know if there's an answer beyond these job boards and all of that. But I do know that by the time I, I'd come to that point, I'd spent my whole life 
hustling and being entrepreneurial for opportunities. So I knew by that point that you could do it. I, my, the promise I made to myself at that point was, look, this problem is a heck of a lot deeper than just a resume or a LinkedIn. Let me learn with other coaches. Let me learn with other business experts to put together some kind of a system so that 80 to 90% of roles that we call the hidden job market, that becomes your default way. That becomes at least, if not the major way, uh, a strong, sustainable channel for you. Because what we found is that if the business of generating offers becomes relatively cheap and easy for you, then your power in all of this completely transforms, you know? And most people, including myself, when we say or have said in the past, yeah, I decided on this job or I accepted this job, the, the truth is there was no choice in it. If you're being totally honest, there were no other opportunities. You hadn't interviewed in more than two months, right? So what's the choice? How were you able to leverage your salary? You weren't, right? That's the whole, that's what I discovered. And, 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 and in the 12 plus years that, that we've been doing this, this is what keeps coming up, which is to spread the message of beyond the outcome, okay? Whatever that, that perfect thing is, maybe the perfect outcome isn't a job or a company. Maybe the perfect outcome is Adam, in your way, being able to stand on your own two feet, have your own platform, do what you need to do, and generate the kind of abundance we're talking about, whether it's offers or, or what, anywhere in the world on your time, right? Um, and so that's the dream that we've been uh, that we've been advocating for and fighting for uh, for for uh, for for you know nigh these twelve plus years. No, it's a really really amazing story, and I think like you said, there's a lot of pressure on people to kind of find out what they want to do, who they want to be, and like you mentioned, like in your family, you know they or like culturally people kind of, you know, are meant to like go into certain sectors or there's this kind of like requirement put on you to kind of like, okay, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be, you know, this kind of position and, and do this and follow these steps. And, yeah. you know, like you mentioned your, you know, your mom had, you said your mom had like schizophrenia, you said? Mm -hmm. Yes, she did. And, uh, and, you know, she still deals with it. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, it's it's in a better place uh, and has been for the last couple of years, but you're right, mm -hmm. you know, you know, for them, they weren't doing anything wrong, but, and we all have done this in the past. But it is kind of a naive way of looking at yourself in your career, which is this idea that whatever I want, that the ideal is going to be found by looking at a job posting, looking at a company, looking at any of these third party aspirational things. What I found is that the further someone goes in their career, the less likely it is that there's going to be any pre-existing job or anything like that that's going to fit for them. What, what tends to happen is that as your career progresses, there's more and more pressure for you to stand for your own thing, whether it's your own process, your own way of driving change, right? And that ends up being the impetus for the relationship, the impetus behind identifying pain, and the impetus behind the offer. And also what happens, and we see this all the time, people who are sort of stuck in between these two zones where maybe you have someone who's like in middle management, they got there through being excellent at tests and all of this stuff, right? Saying all the right stuff, right? Well, now they're experience wise at an executive level, but guess what? Their mentality is, who can I talk to? What tests can I take? Who can I do that? But that's not what we want from a leader, right? That's not what we want at that level, right? So you've got to change the whole approach in some sense of where you're coming from, what your value is and where it lies in order to make that happen. And that's where a lot of people struggle with. You know, if you got to a certain level by being a good student, you're not gonna get to the next level by continuing to be a student because we don't want a student up there, right? We want someone who can actually originate, create, right? Who can actually lead, right? And, uh, and so this goes as much for the process of getting jobs as it does for what kind of job that you have, right? So if you're going for something high level, understand the process cannot ever be going on Indeed or Monster, because of course not, right? Even I've hired people, I would never want, want that to happen, right? So you've got to think, if I want something higher, how am I evolving my strategy? How am I evolving the way I'm building relationships? How am I evolving what I'm talking about and what questions I'm asking, right? These are all ways to get to that end result, you know, a little bit faster. Yeah, most definitely. And I think like you said, it's people are in those, you know, sometimes leadership positions and, yeah. you know, it might be not exactly leading, and the kind of some people might not they might be in that role but mm -hmm. not have the leadership skills or not have the people skills and not really listen to people mm -hmm. and then that can have like you know maybe a dramatic effect and then affect people's um trust in you know managers or or people in that role i think that's mm -hmm. what i've experienced in the past you know you've got yeah. people in certain roles and you have a negative experience 
And then you carry that through to your, your next job and you think, oh, is this going to be the same, the same thing? And it's yeah. kind of like, you know, getting triggered and stuff. But, you know, I feel like you said people, you know, can also find other roles, you know, rather than just going on Indeed or things like that. There's different way, avenues around it. And you could present that kind of like leadership and show those qualities to, to get that role kind of thing. Well, 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 this is a, this is a great, this is a great, uh, uh, way to take the conversation because I, I think this, this kind of way of thinking would serve you just as well, whether you were building a relationship at the high level for the first time or, you know, having a standard interview, right. Which is if you are interested in making sure that, that you give yourself the best opportunity to not just secure the offer or create an offer for you, as it, as it may be, but also to avoid what you're talking about, avoiding micromanagement, avoiding all of these things. The way to do that is to ensure that the reason you get that offer is not because you somehow convince them of how many qualifications and skills you have, but that it's based on an understanding and an appreciation and an agreement between us on the deep why, right? So let's say, you are uh, a marketing expert. You're like, why can I not, not move forward? If the only reason I'm giving you the offer is because, and this is, we have a 50-50 role in this. If, the, if, if you were never in the interview able to take it beyond the dumb job posting and you were never able to uh, talk about more than skill sets, then me not knowing what you do also, I'm never gonna take it beyond that. And I'm gonna keep saying, what other qualifications do you need? Well, you had three years, what about five years, right? That's a mistrustful, low level way of getting the role. If though, let's say same person, same opportunity, however you got in, but let's say before you went in for that role or before you met that person, you already knew, look, what I do, it's not marketing as business usual, okay? Like one person, Mark, I, I worked with, he's like, look, I've been called a marketer and I'm supposed to be a chief marketing officer now, but every single one of these companies, they, they have their own marketing plan and they want me to extrapolate scale. I do the exact opposite. I look at all that, I say, forget that, let's spend 5% of that spend, create our own niche and own it, right? When he started actually rebranding himself that way, when saying, look, that's the way forward. That's the way that any company can move forward. It didn't matter if the job posting was different or whatever. The point of view allows him to ask targeted questions. The point of view, this is one of the most powerful things you can do as an interviewer, allowed him to come in and start asking questions that made it clear he knew what he was looking for. He knew the difference between a company that is gonna make it out of this pandemic and a company that was not going to make it out of this pandemic, for example, right? And so using that vetting process, making it very clear that you understand what's gonna work, what's not, and allowing yourself to stand for a way of change that allows the person that you're speaking with to not just be a passive question asker, but to put them in a more active place to say, okay, does this actually fit? Is this right? Is this wrong? And it actually doesn't matter whether they agree with you or not. I've done plenty of business with some of my favorite clients who've literally started the process saying, Anish, I'm only here because my wife forced me to because the job search I'm doing is so is going so terribly. Fine. I don't need your faith, but I need you to take a couple of actions to start seeing this, right? I need you to, to, to move it far enough to, 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 uh, to make that happen. And anyone I work with, the, the, the presupposition is you understand what, 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 what I'm after. You understand what my point of view is. Most candidates don't have a point of view. So if you don't have that, it's very, very hard to trust you because, well, let's be honest, you're just telling me things I wanna hear, right? And that's not really what I want, right? Again, not leadership, right? And we all know this, like we all know it, but we don't allow ourselves to make that conscious decision to say, okay, I have to actually, I have to be respectful of myself and I have to be respectful of the other person. And that means that I'm not gonna answer something stupid like what's your greatest failure, but that also means that if you say something that's BS, right? Or if I'm, you're hearing the details about what's going on at this company, I'm, I'm moving for relevance. And you say something that cannot be true. It's also my responsibility as an expert to stop you and say, Hey, wait a minute, back up here. There's no way that those three things are happening and you're not experiencing churn on the client side, right? If you do, I want to know what that is because that's very different from what the conversations I've been having, right? These are the things that allow an exploration and a hiring process to go into the deep thing, right? Once I understand what you stand for, I can trust you enough to, for you to say, do what you're gonna do. It's not my job to micromanage. I, I, as long as we are set here, we can always go down, go back down. But if we never go down there to begin with, there's no security in the job, you know? Like there really isn't. 
I think that's it just shows you how important it is to kind of plan and do your research before you go into that uh situation, isn't it? Because like you said, a lot of people, you know, can have an interview and then people are asking the questions and you can say yes, this, yes, that, yes, this, and you're answering what they want to hear. But I think like I said, you know, people want to hear a bit more about the person and why what what qualities did they have that they can bring to this role and kind of have that bit of, you know, like I say, go kind of deep within themselves to kind of bring that into the into the interview rather than just kind of, you know, ticking boxes, asking questions and thank you very much. And it'll be done in, you know, five or 10 minutes. I think it's like you said, kind of yeah. going in and bringing in what, what you know, what is your why and why do you want to work for the company? And, you know, what can you do, you know, that's going to benefit us and, and things like that, those kind of personal skills and qualities. Because when I've ever had interviews, I, I mean, what, you know, people have said to me, do research on the company, look at when it was established, um, you know, maybe their motto, if they've got a motto or, you know, all these kind of things. Mm. And, and usually like you get asked kind of situational kind of questions, you know, what what would you do in this example? So, I mean, there's there's many different factors, isn't there, in, in an interview, but I think- you know, yes and no. Uh, I yeah. would say, I would say the, the, the problem for the candidate is that uh, there are so many supposed signals you're supposed to pay attention to you don't understand what those two or three are that are actually going to make a difference, right? And so what I would say with what you're talking about is that there's there are tons of secondary and tertiary qualities that you can prepare for, but you don't really need to in the sense that if you had cancer, I doubt that the decision-making behind the person who treats you is whether they're an introvert like you or whether they're a culture fit for you, right? No one cares on that sense. So what I would say there's really only one goal you have when you're meeting someone professionally, and there's really only one goal you have in any interview. Uh, identify what is truly, truly driving this hire or this problem, right? And what that means is, if I'm doing business with you or I'm exploring that, yeah, all of those are things and there might be relative importance in all of that. But the truth is, what's actually gonna coalesce the offer is understanding when you wake up at two in the morning, and you look at yourself in the mirror and, and you're feeling all those doubts and those demons and stuff like that, that's what I need to know, right? I, I don't need to know uh, that you need a resume update. Everyone needs that, right? What I wanna know is how good of a father do you feel you are to your kids right now? Do you feel like your wife made the right bet, right? Starting a life with you, right? If I know that and I know that that's where it really hurts you, then I can go deeper into the pain, I can go deeper into, into exploring, right? And and I can, I, I can know that, okay, for him, it's hurting him on a personal level. It's probably hurting him on a team level. It's probably hurting him in terms of interaction. So I wanna go deeper into that. Another thing that can really help, right? Which is why I say diversification will help anyone, right? Um, and it'll steer you away from having to waste time thinking about secondary and tertiary things is, look, if you're exploring, let's say opportunities in the IT industry, talk to eight or 10 other high level leaders who are not like would, would not be potential bosses, but people who are feeling the pain, CEOs, COOs, there's, there's a lot more openness to that. And so if I were to speak to some of these people, what, what we would also understand is that if you take away the, the imaginary originality that every company likes to believe, it's very finite. And within an industry, we're talking like five to seven things as it relates to your offer and what you do. So a great thing you can do is as you're having those conversations, a big part of what we do is we, we, we work hard to brand our clients, not as job seekers, but in some sense as experts in their own right so that they can start building these relationships and not feel like the other shoe has to drop. As you're doing that, you're gonna understand company A is dealing with these three, company B is dealing with these three, company C is dealing with these three. So when I talk to you, yeah, you're going to start with your song and dance and all of that stuff, right? But I've got all of my research. I've got all of those details. And guess what I'm going to be doing, right? I'm going to be using that knowledge along with my questions as pressure to say, hey, listen, you know, you're a startup and you're doing this, but let's just be clear, right? Amazon, which is a capitalization of 1500 times you guys, they're also doing this. So do you think that they maybe have something here, right? You think that that's a paradigm that might be worth following, right? You're the big dog. It doesn't matter what the employer is. For what you do, you're the big dog. And I cannot, I, 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 I feel like I have to keep saying that because we have this epidemic of, of self-esteem issues and self-belief issues. Just because someone's offering a job, they, they're giving you nothing. You should treat them with not one iota of extra gratitude or thankfulness. They're, they're trying to solve a problem as you are, right? 
So your job is very, very simple. Get to the truth of what's there and you will get better through the questions, right? We help people create what's called a question bank to systematize it, but anyone can get better at it. But understand if they're stonewalling you, if they're lying to you, if they're telling you things that cannot be true and they're not willing to engage with you, and, and especially if they're not receptive to any new ideas whatsoever, small or big, you, you, what's the mystery here? Like, you know, walk away. You've got your, you got your signals. Don't waste another second of time on this company. Redirect your resources. Don't try to make something bad good. You got it. You, you know, figuring out the truth of what a company is, is like is to me as good of an outcome as an offer. And what I want to do is if it's a no or if it's not a fit, I want to find that as early in the process as possible, right? I'm not wasting one moment away from my kids trying to bloviate to you about why I think I'm a great candidate, right? I can stand in my power. I can ask you questions. I can assess like a doctor would assess. And by the way, the reason going back to that doctor analogy, the reason we trust that doctor is because the questions he or she asks us and the way that he or she directs us, the clarity that we get through that interaction gives us the depth to say, this is the right person, right? And that's exactly the same power that any candidate can tap into, you know? No more ask, answering questions, no more figuring out the, the, the same stable answer to, 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 you know, to, one, to one question. It's time to get deeper with this you know it's time to get really human you know in terms of in terms of what's going on there and i think like you said like employers are more you know they want to see that kind of vulnerability and you to be able to kind of go deep in yourself isn't it really and like yeah yeah and, and, and also to, yeah. and to be willing in some sense to get to work you know anyone can do this like you know if you're interviewing me and you're asking me a couple of questions i can answer the question but i but one simple thing i can do is hey so you know about this uh, tell me where does this hit home for you guys, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me what's driving this. Like what, what have you guys been experiencing, right? This is an easy thing that we can do, which is to, when answering a question, to pull it into the zone of direct relevancy, right? Not from a place of trying to make you feel uncomfortable, but trying to make you feel safe and secure and understand that that's a part of our working together, you know? Like um, a lot of times we don't give ourselves permission to ask those hard questions, but what I found is that almost to a man or a woman, if we're talking about a quality company, that's where they get value as well in terms of you being the right candidate. Like, like Anjana, one of our clients, like she had a five minute opening in a traditional interview. And rather than using it to throw a softball that makes them feel good, she had gotten enough to be like, I don't tell me more about this strategy because I don't think that's going to work. Tell me more about this. I, what's what's the thinking? Hard questions. They couldn't answer all of them. But after she left, they could not think of anyone else for that role. Because that's what you want, ideally. You want someone who's going to have the courage to not just keep it in the realm of the problems that you're, that you're trying to solve, but who has a little bit of a vision, right? And that's where your why can really help, right? You don't know where this company is going to go, but you have an idea of when you're allowed to do what you can do, right? You have an idea of what some of those positives are, right? These are the things that are going to you know, resonate with most people, you know, with most people that you would want to work with. And do you think like as well, you know, asking the employer questions? Because like sometimes I've had interviews and they'll say, have you got any questions for us? And, mm -hmm. you know, doing a bit of research. And I think like employers like to see that as well, you know, mm -hmm. showing an interest and kind of being different because, you know, I think that that's important, like maybe as well. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I try my best to this is what I try to do in, in a situation like that is early on, I try to establish a cadence of back and forth. So so instead of feeling like that, you know, like we've probably all had this where the interview is going pretty well, but it's largely been directed by the other person. So the weight of things that you got to say is just like increasing, and increasing. And then you're like, oh, they got five minutes left. Right. So what tends to work better. Right. When you're getting to know someone face to face, Zoom, whatever, that's where you can establish a cadence. So if 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 it becomes clear that every time you ask me a question, I'm either pushing for relevancy or pointing out something new, or I, I'm making it clear that this is a give and take process, right? So everything that I give to you, I expect information or something else in return. That's what this game is all about. The game is not I sit for an hour, tell you things about my career and you hold on to it like some, you know, whatever, right? That's not the game. So if at the very beginning, like I, what I would say is refuse to slide your resume over, answer questions and stay silent. Stop doing that. And so if you refuse to do that, then automatically it's going to put you into a zone that says, okay, so how do I end this question? 
Let me ask this person a question. Let me see if that's worse. If, if you're asking, if you sometimes also understand questions are not all the same. Like for example, if we're in a hiring conversation, we've gotten to the depth of what's there, right? We're talking about the real pain, the urgency of what's there. And you're expecting in the next follow-up, right? That we're gonna be talking money and the offer. And I'm like, ah, oh, I just had a couple of like final questions. It's also up to you as an expert to say, no, that's not the time for that, right? All that's gonna do is take you further away from us actually getting involved here. I believe that we've identified enough to move it forward. I believe that the next step here is an offer and for us to actually get started working on it, right? And I think that these questions would be better addressed on the other side. How much of this can we do theoretically? You guys have already wasted two and a half months trying to solve this problem with no traction. That's just my two cents on this, right? But volunteer that, right? And so that's, that's what I would say is, is don't save any questions, right? Get them out right now, you know? And, and the harder, the better, you know? Uh, 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 but don't do this. Don't offer empty praise as a stand-in for genuine rapport with someone, right? So don't go in there and start telling them great things about their company, okay? Don't do that. Uh, rapport can just as much come from me and you kind of getting into it a little bit and me and you challenging for 80% of the time and then you leaving and being like, that's the guy because this is the guy who is not gonna fold like a cheap suit like the last hire we had, right? So you don't know what it's going to be, but one thing you should definitely expect, it's a conversation, it's give and take. And, and as this conversation is moving, the amount of information that I'm getting and relevant information should be increasing as well. And if it's not, I might just, you know, pause and call out the elephant in the room. What's going on here? You know, I really want to, I'd like to see what we can do to help here, but I'm not really, I'm feeling a lot of fear. I'm feeling a lot of defensiveness here. Maybe if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong here, right? But we got to keep this in the zone of reality. We got to keep this not in the zone of what I did five years ago, but what you guys are experiencing, right? This type of back and forth, right? Will, will set up something that will make your life so much easier as you go through the hiring process, right? If they know, like, look, I can't just tell Adam something and have him just passively absorb it. No, he's an expert. He's gonna critically look through this thing, right? That's it, man. That's, that's the, that to me is the best um, way to kind of engage in these types of interviews, you know? Um, bring in that question back and forth cadence as early as possible. Because I think it, you know, as well with that, it's gonna, you're not going to waste your time and you don't want to waste their time. And the thing sure. is, they don't want to be just be kind of reeling, you know, like, you know, kind of, you say, gassed up and um, trying to gain that rapport through not being genuine or trying to just people please, if that makes sense. Because I think that can probably, you know, come through a lot. You want to see the person being genuine. And, you, you know, you said you want a bit of that kind of push and pull with, mm -hmm. you know, the person in the interview and kind of trying to see their strengths, I suppose, because the thing is, they're going to be under pressure in that job so you kind of want to see how they probably manage the pressure in that interview um you know a little bit as well and maybe ask certain questions see how they kind of react to it and you know, I, I suppose it depends on the sector they're in that you know they're interviewing for but um you know like at the start as well we, we said about like well-being and people sometimes you know they're not okay in themselves for whatever reason mm -hmm. so they're not in a position to kind of go in that role or go in that job mm -hmm. um and i think sometimes in in uh companies people are in these positions and that can cost the company money and time because they might be burnt out or stressed. Mm -hmm. Um, if that makes sense or yes. people also, I find have say negative experiences and then they're fearful of then going to go back into that sector again because yeah. they've had a bad, bad time. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's, I would say that the unaddressed mental side of it and also just, being honest with yourself in terms of the toll, especially a bad job or a toxic job can have uh, and has had is probably critical to getting something better. You know, um, we were talking about how, you know, a common thing I'll see, you know, now, you know, this many years in, we have a full system. So we'll use like LinkedIn automation and all of this stuff, but we'll still, you know, it doesn't change the human being. Right. And what we'll see is that men and women, right? They're putting so much pressure on themselves. And most of the time, if you don't honestly address this stuff or start looking at it, or maybe even get therapy or help for it, what tends to happen is that there's no separation. And what tends to happen is you internalize the shame for tons of stuff in that situation that you were not responsible for. And that shame and all of that stuff goes right into the next role, right into the next interview right there. And, and we can say all we want, oh, act confidently and do all of these things. But if, if I'm, 
if I'm truly a leader worth his or her salt, I'm picking up tons of data from you behaviorally that have nothing to do with what you say. So I'll know if you're not, if you're not, if you're not together with it. So what I would say is, you know, if you're hurting, one of the easiest things you can do is be upfront and open with that to say, man, I'm hurting right now. Like, man, I'm not in a good place right now, right? Maybe that means you reach out to your spouse or the loved one in your life and not you know, keep all of this private as so many people do, right? Maybe it's time to actually reach out to that person and say, look, I'm having a lot of trouble here. The stress is going off the charts. I'm doubting myself. Like, I don't even know half the time if these are the right roles and, all, and, and what's going on. That can help in terms of, in, in terms of, in terms of lessening it, you know? Um, also, like allowing yourself to know that what we call mistakes in our career usually it's not really a mistake so much as you're not seeing the long enough thing of your journey. Like for example, uh, my novel, The Isolation Door, when that came out in 2014, at the time, my family was deeply in debt. I'd, I'd, I'd risked so much for it. So all of my hopes were on that book, right? It, it's gonna get us out. It's gonna get us out of debt. It's gonna get us out of everything, right? It didn't do that, right? But in that failure came the resilience and the idea to say, okay, what is this business I have? Let's build this, 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 this. And as I started moving forward, I realized that the things that that book had given me, uh, my family, you know, I wouldn't be in New York City if I hadn't met them, my ability to communicate verbally and all of this, right? As, as some time and distance started to happen and I started to succeed in different ways, I started to realize and give credit for more than just the outcome, for more than just the boss or the thing, I was able to say, hey, you know what? This had value regardless of whatever one metric I used at 24 or 25 to, 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 to commemorate success, right? That's the, that's the key with all of this stuff is that it's essential when you're, when you're going out there that the metrics you use behind your success be about you, be about things that actually matter to you, right? If you're out there going after jobs you think you should have, going after a salary you think you deserve for reasons that you think make sense to you, it's not going to work, right? I mean, I mean, take the, yes, there's, what we've seen is that if you diversify, you're looking at anywhere from 15 to 20 X, the number of opportunities in front of you, but also understand that that's not taking away the seriousness of what's here, right? If you're serious about this stuff, then you've got to own some territory that is your own, right? And that there's no better place to start than now, right? In terms of, in terms of looking at your journey. Yeah, no, definitely. Like you said, like owning what is going on for you and being upfront about it. And yeah. like you said, and taking a full accountability for that. Because I think like... I'll, I'll call out the elephant in the room. You know, if you're, if, you know, if you're having trouble, like we worked with someone who had what he calls zombie face. You know, he just had a lot of trouble expressing enthusiasm. He actually lost out on roles. Like 13% of the time when a candidate is rejected at the late stage for a role, it's due to that. Like they either don't think that you're enthusiastic or you're just not actually committed, right? And so... He was learning how to be more expressive and all of that, but honestly, within the time frame of what he was doing, it wasn't going to work. So the the answer for him was just to call it out to say, "Hey, Adam, at the beginning of an interview or meeting, it's like, look, you know, my wife calls me like zombie face. I know you can see my face right now on Zoom. So let me just verbalize this. I wouldn't be talking to you unless I felt like there was real relevancy in terms of what you guys are doing. I'm very interested in exploring this. Okay, so he does that." And then every small little action he takes during the process to try to communicate that enthusiasm, instead of people being like, what the hell, that's kind of weird, right? They're like, good job, man, good job, I, I got you. Like, like he's, really, he's really in it, right? If you had a bad job, don't pretend that it was a great job. As a leader who understands that your journey is gonna have good and bad, understand what were the beginning points, what were some of the major areas of impact you were able to accomplish, and most importantly, what did they get wrong? Like strategically, what were the decisions made that allowed them to go here? And what would make you someone or a company that could make a different decision at this point, right? Use it, like, like, like use it. It's okay to have uh, um, um, jobs that didn't work out, but it is not okay to, you know, talk to someone and pretend that everything is perfect because you're patronizing me, right? And I know that that cannot be the truth, right? So again, just, Respect me as a human being, right? When you're doing all of this, respect people like a human being. Take it seriously. Go deep, right? Don't accept people minimizing what you do, right? If, if people are talking about what you do, oh, you started a podcast. Oh, yeah, 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 I know. You and 50, 50 million other people, right, who are there. Okay. Well, that's, it, it's, it's a responsibility. I'm not saying be a jerk about it, 
but it's up to you to protect some of your ground here. And if you don't establish that in the hiring process, don't be surprised if a company ends up saying, hey, let me just try to lowball you. You know, what the hell is he going to do? You know what I mean? Don't be afraid to disagree, you know? Um, it, it can, it can really, it can really, really help. But yeah, calling out the elephant in the room can be incredibly powerful, you know, in terms of just taking out that, the pin from that one big fear you have, you know, um, that might be driving you crazy a little bit. And also like, um, you know, like we've like trying to find jobs. Cause so you mentioned like, you know, going on Indeed and you know, how, how can, how do you think people can find like the dream job that they want and standing out apart from other people? Cause I think there's a lot of pressure now with a lot of jobs a lot of applications you know how to people you know how do people kind of cut through that application process you know maybe you know what go on linkedin and reach out you know send emails i mean there's there's like a book i read called like the third door and it's like um trying to find different avenues around getting your needs met if that makes sense like do you think that you know what's what's the best approach to kind of you know trying to trying to get your foot in the door you know apart from other people yeah i you know the the way to look at this is a common mistake we make is we conflate uh, job offers with job postings, right? Job postings are actually uh, all offers. What they really are is pain, right? That's that's that that's what that's what drives a real hire. Pain is pain that we cannot easily solve. We cannot easily outsource or whatever. Fine. So a job posting is the oldest version of that pain. Most likely, uh, that company has been spending a lot of time and resources trying to solve that problem internally first. Uh, that's a huge avenue. And what we're seeing, by the way, is less and less investment in traditional hiring because ATS systems and all of this have not helped on the, on the corporate side. And what we're seeing is more and more incentivization of internal, internal talent. Who do you know? Who can you bring in? Who can we start talking to? And understand all of that, right? Until it gets to a job posting, right? The, the, the earlier on you are able to identify the pain, the bigger your reward for, for, for moving forward. And the reward there is less bullshit or bull crap, sorry, for, for, for um, the hiring process, less of an application process, less of going through gatekeepers, right? That's the thing. But if you're waiting for the job posting and you're waiting for them to have all of these answers before you can start the process of building relationships at this company, building, adding value. And I, and I strongly believe that if you do this right, you should be able to have a 30 minute call with anyone. And even if you don't identify any pain, there should be massive value exchange just through how you direct the conversation, right? The, the, the key with all of this stuff is to understand we do actually have intrinsic value, right? Like the most valuable thing about you is actually not the pitch you can make for my company or all the crap you can tell me. The most valuable thing about you is if I start to share details about what I'm experiencing in this business and you naturally filter it through your experience, your leadership, your capabilities, and you're able to add value there, that's the value that I need. That's the mirror that I need, by the way, right? So if you focus on doing that, and you say, look, I'm gonna need to build these relationships anyway, right? If IT, finance, whatever, whatever your target industries are, you're gonna need new people. Statistically, it is almost like highly unlikely that someone you already know has that next opportunity for you. But one level out, that's almost always where it, where it is. So understand those, that has to be there. So why rely only on the, the gatekeepers giving you permission, right? I mean, what I found is that if you're solid in your pain and you're solid in what you do, you don't have to be like a CEO to talk to a CEO. They don't want to talk to a guy like him. What they want to know is someone unique, someone who can offer a unique perspective, right? And they need help because 90% of their decisions are being made in a bubble. That's the value of bringing your professional self and actually getting to work during that call or that interview instead of thinking it's some kind of weird third rail of insecurity, you know? Uh, anyone can do this. Anyone can do this. Anyone can take this, this, this type of a power and start deploying it, right? But it is a choice, right? And there is a weird kind of safety in thinking that everything has been figured out. All I need to do is throw my hat in the ring and I'm going to get it. With average 85 to 90% auto rejection rates when you cold submit, regardless of your qualifications, we've run the tests on it. It's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. And even if it does, that's not an approach that you can control. You can't tell me if I took your job today that, that you're going to be able to look after your loved ones a month from now, two months, whatever. I can certainly say that for my clients. But you're out of luck, which means, by the way, you are powerless 
There's nothing that you can do. And when that boss tells you to do something, you're going to do it because you have no out. I'm just being real here because we're talking about career coaching and job searching, but we might as well be calling it servitude and freedom. Most people I see, including multimillionaires at the C-suite, never purchased their freedom. They never did. They kept it in a zone where a door opened, a person got lucky, and all of that. And, and as long as you think your career is because of that, you're always going to be susceptible to bad actors that are out there. You know, um, That's what I found you know, on this journey is, is you know, almost no one I work with considers themselves an entrepreneur. You know? um, but, and that's okay. But in terms of succeeding in the future, we all have to be looking at who we are in some sense as a business of one, you know, and we have to be looking at the future through a lens of what's the universe of opportunities in front of me, not just the one perfect thing that's going to allow me to not think about my career for the next two to three years, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's really you know important what you mentioned, because I think, like you said, a lot of people kind of just spinning their wheels and, you know, they're they're not really, they shouldn't really kind of be in that role. And you mentioned like, you know, added value. And I think like you, you know, which is really important is that value. What is that, what value is that person bringing to that role in that company in that, that place? And I think you want that person to have that value that they're going to be bringing rather than just be doing a job just for the money, just for the salary or just to have that kind of role. Yeah. Um, you know, why do they actually want to do it? You're going to do a better job if you bring in more value to it. Mm-hmm. um and you're gonna benefit the person and, and it's just gonna work great all, all the way around and i think a lot of people sometimes might be doing such role just because of the salary but then mm-hmm. it's not actually gonna make them happy and i think like maybe uh, you've probably seen it like a lot of people doing things and not actually happy yeah um but but do you think like there's there is a process because I, I know for a fact you know the jobs that i've done in the past you know i used to wash dishes and i used to work in like you know um hospitality and shops and um you know being frustrated and and just kind of trying to find my way but I had to do those roles to kind of be kind of where I am now if that makes sense and have those life experiences and you gain I think and some people might not want to do certain roles because they're they're worried about what other people are going to think about them Mm -hmm. do you think yeah I I was working I was just you know before we were we were talking today I was uh working with a client who 27 years old young uh but if you hear um you know his journey this is a guy who first time i saw his journey wow he took some risks in different you know sectors i'm not anticipating some huge work history at that point but if you hear this guy talk i got screwed over this many times um this is what i lost out my peers you know i'd love to be making 70 80k ideally 100 would be great my peers are making 150 right now you know, my peers are at the VP level. My peers are, are there, right? And if you are, if your ex, your expectations, if they are so out of whack, right, that you don't allow yourself, for example, time to say, hey, yeah, some of this is going to have to get figured out, right? Not all of this in my career, or actually the majority of it is not going to be figured out with me in a computer by myself. It's going to be figured out out there with people discovering where you, where the line of your ego actually meets the, the line of your service to other people, right? So, so for him, a big part was, listen, like this is a part of the process and I'm not sure what you're thinking of, but any 27-year-old who's at that nice linear non-thing, those are the people who have mental breakdowns in their 30s and 40s, okay? They're delusional. So understand, yes, there's a value to that, but what I would also say is while you're, you're, you're gaining that experience, while you're, you're, you're getting your feet wet sort of in the trenches, focus on branding around a process instead of skill sets, right? Focus on assessing in every meeting instead of interviewing. Focus on uh, scaling up your messaging and, and relationship building instead of just like waiting around uh, for doing it. And then focus on negotiating around the pain identified not your job title and, and pay research, because that's much more likely to do it. If you've just focused on those four principles, which underline a huge part of our strategy, then you can ensure that as you're rising up and gaining that experience, you're also building relationships and figuring out is the where, where am I and where's the market rewarding me, right? And the reason I say that is because it's good to have those experiences. It's not good to be like, for example, in your 30s and 40s and being like, Adam, you're starting over again. Like, what the hell's going on, man? 
You know, we don't actually expect that, right? You can't actually work your way up in every single role, nor do we expect that from you, right? That's an evolution of process that needs to happen. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's really interesting because, like you said, a lot of people are so focused on what where other people are at. Yes. And they almost kind of think like they're not going to get to that place. But And there's that frustration with it. But do you think like a lot of people are so focused on what other people are doing and where they're at? And they're kind of like, kind of not putting the focus into themselves and that it is possible. And they kind of lack, lack all this kind of like confidence and stuff. Yeah, 100%. You know, I mean, I mean, the, the, you know, the big advantage I had, and I felt, felt so desperately uh, vulnerable through much of my 20s and 30s, massive financial difficulties and, and others. Uh, but the one thing that I had, like my why was always crystal clear. You know, I always knew very clear, which meant that my psychological frame it was very, very strong when I go in. It doesn't matter what my circumstances are. I was very, very clear in that. And so you're right that 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 in some sense, the worst thing you can do is exercise the muscle that is the opposite, you know? Like when you know you shouldn't be spending any more time in this sector or like it's time to leave. When you know that this toxic job means that you're not spending even one iota on things outside, it's time to quit. It's not gonna end your life to quit a job, by the way, right? But it might very well end your job if you're never able to, to get into a headspace where you wanna be hired because it doesn't matter what your skill set is, we don't wanna work with a neurotic right person right so so all of these things come into play but just understand like it's time to stop doing things because either fear and desperation or other people are telling you to do it and if it took you listening to this podcast to start doing that you're going to have more work to do it's going to take you longer because you've spent a long time training your mind body and heart to do things it does not want to do Many, many Indian people I've worked with who've come over from India have told me the exact same thing. I wanted to be an artist. Obviously, we couldn't do that. I studied engineering. I wanted to do this. Obviously, we couldn't do it. That sets a tonality of self-deception and self-hurt that is going to like run through the rest of your career if you let it through. So at what point do we start saying, this is something I want to do for me? This is something I want to do because I want to see the way that this comes out, right? I want to see what's going on here. I, I promise you some of the biggest, uh, the most troublesome clients we've had, the reason I'm sticking with them is not because of how much money we make from them. They've already burned through what many months ago. The reason I'm doing it is because I'm invested in you. I want to see where this happens. I'm not happy with the situation that you're in right now, Adam. I think that you can do much better and I know that you need someone in your corner right now. So we're going to do it. You can blame me if you want, but also understand one of the key things to making this happen hold your standards right why does someone need to be an employer why do they need to be paying you for you to treat them with that degree of highness and 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 and, and seriousness right if you're talking to me in a career coaching capacity it doesn't matter if you're a client of mine or not if i am recommending something for you and you decide to do it great we can continue having that conversation if you decide not to that's fine but that's the end of that conversation right obviously so those lines those standards and stuff it's easier to maintain those things when the foundation is secure, right? Even if it's just like for my kids, for whatever, this is the role, this is what I'm going to do, you know? So, um, and once you have that, I think what you'll find is you'll find ideal opportunities and outcomes everywhere. Like you'll find it in companies you never thought about, industries you never thought about because they're responding to this other thing, right? They, they, they can pick up on the fact that you sort of did some of this deep work and that you're someone who knows, like I'm never going to be contained by an industry. But if I choose to focus on this industry, I can, you know, as an expert, I can do that. You know, um, uh, all of these things, by the way, I'm making it sound like they're really, in some sense, easy and obvious, but they took me many, many, many years of desperate trial and error, you know, and making probably every mistake under the book, you know, before I started realizing, oh, okay, I shouldn't be flattering them. I should be actually asking a hard question, you know, like all of these things took a long time to come together, but what it ended up being, I'm so much more hopeful for everyone actually now knowing what I know because once I started um, putting my faith in individuals and putting my value on the value that I can provide into their lives and I stopped thinking so much about the big, like the big industry, the big company, all that, my life really started to reach it a different level. And the more you do that, the more you realize that, okay, whatever, job boards or whatever, around you, 
right now, there's more opportunity, high level stuff that you'd be interested in than you could ever solve in the rest of your life. The only question is, do you care enough about this stuff to, to take that extra step or do to find it, right? Um, that's what it all comes down to. But all of us, we are already abundant. We're abundant in terms of options and opportunities, but we choose not to look at them or we choose not to treat them as security, right? You, you might have 15,000 people on LinkedIn on your network, right? But how seriously are you actually using them, right? When you're looking at your next goal, right? Is it being left inert, right? These are the things that uh, oftentimes we find ourselves dealing with. No, I, I completely agree with what you said. And I think it's, it's really important. And, you know, you mentioned like, people are kind of so focused on the outside and so much, you know, on the external and the bigger picture of things, whereas people just need to kind of draw it in a little bit. And, you know, you mentioned people will kind of fulfill that. Can, will, will be constantly. So I'm just, oh, no worries. Um, we'll be, we'll be constantly like, you know, on that cycle where people are, doing things that they don't enjoy and they kind of repeat that cycle and then continue and continue and continue. And like you said, like from the, like culturally, like you said, a lot of people doing engineering mm -hmm. and they'll be doing things they don't enjoy. And then it, that cycle just continues because people, other people see that and they think, well, I, well, that's, that's, that's the route I've got to follow yeah. and get honed in on that. And, and, fam and familiarity is, is comforting even when you're familiar with something that doesn't ultimately feel good, you know? Um, mm -hmm true for jobs it's true for relationships you know like we we know we got to get out but you know it feels good to have someone to watch a movie with at the end of the day it feels good mm. to wake up next to someone right so you know th these are these are it, it can be it can be difficult and you know betting on yourself is always difficult but boy oh boy you're never going to regret it regardless of what the outcome is Betting on yourself is a good move to make. It's something that will make your life better, no matter what the outcome is. I've worked with people who have started businesses that have failed, who've taken major industry leaps, but it's never stayed a mistake for long. Always on that journey, it's like the universe starts rewarding. It's like, okay, Adam's playing a more serious game right now. Okay, let me give him the real stuff. You know, let me give him the real challenges. Let me give him the real, you know, openings, you know? It's like you see more in terms of where you can go in your life when you bring that level of commitment to it. You know, you bring a, a kind of depth to it, you know, um, that's really, really powerful. And, and if it's been a long time since you've thought that way, why not just between us here, we're, we're all just having a conversation, why not make the next stage in your career, you know, a kind of secret affirmation of that to say, okay, you know what, whatever the job is and the outcome, I want to, I want to manage this from the inside out for this time i want to make it something that i can believe this time if i'm getting a bad vibe i'm gonna i'm gonna have the confidence to say no or i'm gonna have the, the ability i want to make this something where i'm not gonna say that when i said yes i was run by other people's priorities no matter what the outcome is right allow yourself to to to, to bring that in you know wouldn't isn't that a wonderful outcome of of a career well lived that as you continue to move forward, there's more of a challenge from the universe to say, okay, Adam, this has been working great. Show us more, you know, you know, take more of an imprint in terms of, of, of where you want to go. You know, um, that's what I want for everyone that I work with, you know, is that, is that they can feel like life is becoming more and more friendly to, to what they actually care about and what they actually feel is important. Yeah, that's it. And I think a lot of people, you know, sometimes are so conflicted with that and yeah. worried about leaving their job and then thinking that, they're not going to find something else. Yep. Jobs really are plentiful, even though they, you know, through our lens, we don't, uh, you know, you know, we don't think of it like that, but, but, um, jobs and opportunities are everywhere. And especially if you break the, um, what, what a client of mine called the last scarecrow, which is like, you know, that intrinsic fear we have of, you know, meeting, you know, also powerful people for the first time, you know, which still there's a part of me that's like, what right do I have to, to, to do that? You know, like I still feel insecure, you know, um, yeah, but fighting that and, and going on the other side, what I realized is the resistance, the fear, that was mostly me, you know, like what I found on the other side was productive challenge. What I found was people who showed me how to have, how to raise my kids, how to invest, like all sorts of things that I never thought, right? Because, because people are eager to teach. People are eager to share a little bit of their experience, right? Beyond their professional life. I, I discovered that as a journalist as well. You know, if you are talking to someone that you're intimidated by, don't try to be self-important. 
open it up. Be a fan, you know? Like, 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 how did you do this? Oh my God, how, how did that journey happen? That's nuts. How are you able to do that, you know? Nerd out about it, you know? Let them, that's a form of, of powerful form of expressing value as well, right? It's not about just what you say, right? But the kind of you that shows up, right? And the kind of energy that you also put out there. Right? Then, then if you own those two, you don't even have to worry about the questions that you ask. No one's going to have buyer's remorse from building a relationship with you, right? Because you gave them something that they critically needed, right? Affirmation and being seen and being respected is something anyone needs right up at the top. And I can guarantee you, no one right up at the top is getting enough of it because we're all starved for that, right? So if you know that going in, I've given you a very powerful clue that you can use in terms of that early stage of building these relationships, right? Just get to know them. Get to know them from a place of respect. If there's a point of commonality, highlight that commonality early in the relationship, right? And make it clear above everything else that the value of the relationship goes a heck of a lot deeper than a job for you, right? If that happens, great. If we identify something, great. That's not why I'm talking with you, Adam. That's not why I'm spending time getting to know you here, right? I want there to be something special exchanged in this relationship right now. And I want you to feel like there's value right now. Right. And everything else, I can trust that it's going to originate. If I if I get the top of the funnel working the way that it should, I don't have to worry about the bottom of the funnel. Right. And what we do usually as job seekers is exactly the opposite. We get so obsessed with the, the, the end is offers. Right. So we get so obsessed with this that everything here gets colored and limited because we're so afraid of, quote unquote, losing it or doing that. Right. It's exactly the opposite. The more free you are with this stuff, the more you're able to go bold, the more you're able to say, hey, why can't I talk to that person? Why can't I challenge that person? Well, you know, they, they, they said they'd, they'd be, uh, I had the interview, they said they'd be coming back to me in four days. Well, the pain that's been identified here is not a leisurely four day problem. So maybe I'm just gonna follow up with them tomorrow. And instead of it making it about me following up, because no one cares, right? I'm gonna make it about the pain that's been identified, right? To say, look, this is what I see. Here's the two areas that we haven't seen. I don't see a two-week process here or a three-week process here. I don't. I see us moving forward. So if you agree with that, let's follow up like tomorrow at 11, right? And before you know it, you're in, man. You're in because that's what people want to see. You know, they want to see that level of commitment, you know? Um, so I encourage everyone, you know, take, take those bets on yourself, you know? You know, start asking yourself some of these questions about why am I doing this and what are the aspects of what I'm trying to achieve professionally? that I would do even if there was no money, right? Like one of the parts that I really, really, really can nerd out about, right? We can all do that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And I think like also like, you know, you mentioned, you know, following up with the people that you mm. might have applied the job with and then be afraid of that. And, and also like you said, like, you know, be yourself because a lot of people, you know, at the top or in management um, or, you know, higher up in the role or the, yeah. or the company, know just want to be you know respected and you you know you said like they're not getting enough of the things that they they need people and and i've 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 had that in in jobs where you know the the boss big boss will come in or the owner of the company and i remember like kind of freaking out inside but then telling myself well they're just a person you know Mm -hmm. and just treating them like they just want to be treated like a person rather than somebody kind of wanting something from them, how that, yeah. how, how they yeah. can help benefit from them, if that makes sense. And I would yeah. see that. Um, I used to work in this hotel and the big boss would come in and people would travel down because they wanted something, they wanted an investment off him or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas he just wanted to, you know, it's quite humble. Yeah. He just wanted to be treated like a person, not people take the piss, so to speak. Um, we can, we can, we can all sense that, right? I mean, we, mm. we can, we can, we can sense it. And, and, and I think this goes right to it, which is like, it is essential that the people that you meet, that they, that they come away um, feeling and knowing that the value is intrinsic in them, that, not, that it's not, that they're not a stepping ladder to something else. Right. Uh, as an actor, uh, I went the first two years, I, I couldn't book anything. And, 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 and the, the, what broke it out was literally, you know, being in an audition room with like 50 other people. And realizing, okay, A, I'm not getting this role. And B, if I'm here and I'm taking this time in the afternoon, can I make it useful for myself? So instead of going in there and trying to say the right things, I actually took a second to get to know that casting director because I think that's an important one. And I had some fun with it. And again, I, and I got it. And I started booking things over and over again. And I started realizing that's the key. That's the key, okay? The more you want an outcome, the more you've got to get the payoff from the early stages of the process, right? And the more you want that to happen, 
the more you've got to invest in yourself and building out the bridges and stuff like that that make it conducive, right? And the less we should be looking at a easy hack for getting to the outcome, which at the end of the day, that's why job boards and job postings are still even around, right? It's the age old get rich quick type of thing, right? Which is that instead of doing any of this work, instead of building relationships and putting myself out there, maybe still on this day, I'll find the magic job, send my resume out there and get it, okay? It is far, far better if you look at that as a and, and ask yourself, if it's not gonna happen there, where else? Where else? That'll start you somewhere, you know, and that would be a much more beneficial way to actually get results from that path also, you know, if, if they're, you know, if they're there to be had, you know, I, but I've really appreciated um, having the chance to go deep with you in this, Adam, because I know we have a similarity in terms of, um, uh, of the journey. And you also know a lot of the challenges, of course, being, you know, experienced out there the same way I do. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're most welcome. It's been, it's been really great, you know, having this, having this conversation, I think it's really important people think about it and, you know, do the research in it because, you know, when you, you know, when you're in that field of employment and, and trying to hire people or, mm. you know, seeing people trying to find work, there's all these different barriers and, yeah. you know, you must see it, you know, on a, on a daily basis um, as well. And it's just one last thing, like I forgot to ask, like um, you mentioned, like, you know, use introverted, like, um, you know, early on and, yeah. you know, there's introverts and extroverts and, you know, what, what do you think, what advice would you give to people who might be introverted? I mean, I, I'm quite extroverted. Um, I'm a little bit introverted as well, but like what, you know, advice would you give to people who, you know, might be introverted? You know, uh, um, one thing that, that, that I've done is, uh, all the time is, um, I'll remind myself to stay grounded. Uh, so what that means is simple things like when I'm in an interview or a meeting, I'll like work my feet just because a reconnection with my feet helps. Sometimes I'll literally go into the bathroom, spend 30 to 45 seconds, just having a hot water, washing my hands with blood soup just to get myself into the present. I find that introverts, we tend to overthink a little bit. Uh, we tend to sort of get into our heads. So things that I can do to keep myself present. Sometimes I'll even take a little bike ride right before I'll go into a thing just because I'm in a very present place. So focus on being present. Don't focus on going through interview answers and all this other stuff before you go in there. Focus on shutting down some of that analytical side of your mind. That can be, that can be useful. Uh, easily the best thing that allowed me to do 90% of what I've done has been actually caring about what I do and actually, you know, this is a real mission for me and it's something that I, I, I want to I see 10,000 lives changed. We're, we're about up to about 2,500, right? So at 10K, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm out. So that mission is not going to change. And so once I really started fighting for something that I believed in instead of what I thought I should be going after, right, uh, it changed everything. I was even a career coach for many years before, for several years before I understood this is the kind of career coach I am, right? Generating it in this way. This is the answer, right? So definitely do that work because it'll also help you move forward. You don't have to get over any of the communication, quote unquote, difficulties that introverts often give themselves a hard time for. You don't have to take Toastmasters, you don't have to figure out how not to ramble or any of that stuff. Uh, but it is very, very key that when you are there and you're talking to people that you speak from the heart, right? That people can see that you're genuine, right? That's where trust really comes from, right? Is in a situation where there's every reason for you to have your defenses up, you choose to bring your defenses down. That's respect, right? That's something that makes me go, okay, I'm going to reciprocate in kind, right? So introverts can, to me, can be some of the most powerful people to actually secure opportunities for themselves because they're able to sort of, in some sense, oftentimes keep their heart open, you know, and not get excessively performative, et cetera, you know, in terms of what's going on there. Um, beyond that, having someone to confide in, um, whether it's a coach, uh, a parent, a spouse, someone like that, I think is really, really, really key. Um, don't do all of this alone. I don't care who it is, even if it's like a friend or someone that you check in with like once a week, um, have 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 someone who can help keep you accountable and have someone who you trust enough to say adam you're going off the freaking deep end here just stop doing what you're doing take a couple of days chill you know chill out have a couple of beers do whatever you need to do okay i'm just telling you as your friend you're having a little you know freak out mode right that's good good to have a person who can do that you know um all just simple simple human things to just again take care of yourself be kind to yourself let yourself off the hook for every, every time you try something and it doesn't work, give yourself credit for the attempt. It's scary to do this stuff for the first time, right? It won't always be scary, but give yourself that credit. I'll uh, blatantly bribe myself. So if I do something that really, like it took a lot of work, it took a lot of mental work, it took a lot of building up to do, 
Um, I'll treat myself. It doesn't have to be like something I buy, but it can be an experience. It can be something with the kids, whatever, but I'll give it to myself immediately afterwards. Don't just go on with your day and go all that. If you did something that required real courage, even if it's a 10 minute walk or whatever, do it so that your mind understands this is what I'm getting value from. This is what I'm respecting, not the offer, which you ultimately have no control over, right? You can make all of this more likely, but you don't have a control over when they when they send that to you and who or who does. But these are the things that you can control, right? So I tend to lose myself in some sense in the process so I can stay present, right? And uh, we can allow what's going to happen to really happen without um, without those checks, you know, in place. Hmm. No, definitely. I really appreciate you sharing that because I, you know, I know a lot of people who are introverted and I, I see a lot of people who are introverted and I think, you know, a lot of people really will, will benefit from, you know, your, your guidance and, and your experience on that. I really appreciate it. And um, I, you know, and also where can people find your website, you know, uh, social media, that kind of thing, if they want to, you know, reach yeah. out to you. Well, I appreciate that. I uh, helloanish.com would probably be the uh, the best place to go if you want to go deeper, uh, it, you know, in terms of what we do. There's a lot of uh, free trainings I've put out there um, on every aspect of this, um, all free that you can go into. Um, also on the homepage of that, um, you can take our masterclass, which is again, free. It teaches, it just goes deeper into these shifts that we've been talking about. And, you know, at this point, We've had thousands of people take this class who, many of whom have not become clients of ours, but they've been able to run with it. And, I, and I'm fully confident that, if, especially if you're in job search mode, uh, that would be a fantastic thing. So if you want to just go directly to that, that's tap the hidden job period market forward slash ASAP. That'll take you right in there. Um, and I guess the last thing would be if you're on LinkedIn, um, put in Anish, A-N-I-S-H, put in the word career. You should see my smiling brown face pop up. Uh, the, the goal, if you want to uh, follow me, is... Um, Again, the way we use LinkedIn, me and my team, is really sharing notes and insights from the field. So as we're looking at clients, as we're looking at people out there doing all this stuff, putting it into work, we're seeing things that are working, seeing things that are not. And as we can share these best practices and make it clear to everyone that we are uh, to help them win, that's our that's our job there. So uh, LinkedIn would probably be a good uh, a good third option as well. No, it's absolutely awesome. And, you know, I, I wish you all the best, you know, and everything that you're doing. And, uh, you know, exactly. I really love what you're about and what you're doing. And, you know, it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you. And, um, you know, I look forward to, you know, talking to you again sometime, you know, in different topics. Oh, man, I love I love the energy that you're putting out. I love what you've what you've created here. I really think that it is doing good and really helping people um, at a critical, critical juncture in their lives. So so right back at you, man. Um, and thank you so much for uh, diving deep and nerding out with me on this topic today. I really, really, uh, I really enjoyed it. No, I'm really grateful, man. And really appreciate, really appreciate everything. And um, yeah, do it again soon. Yeah, man. Take care. Take care. Tune in.